Friday, September 6th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our first FanDuel podcast of the year. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in our lineup builder tool, which is available now on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. If you are new to our DFS podcast, we run through each position, highlight some cash game, some tournament or GPP targets for each spot. We talked about some of the differences between those two formats on our DraftKings podcast. Jared, what's different for you about playing on FanDuel versus DraftKings? So not as much as there used to be because FanDuel luckily got rid of the kicker and added a flex spot. So the you know the the lineup you're building on FanDuel is now the same as on DraftKings. The difference is the half point per reception on FanDuel. So obviously you know devalues the pass catching running backs a bit. You can maybe look into using you know the two down guy, someone like you know Derrick Henry or Sony Michelle make more sense on FanDuel. Even though I, even even on FanDuel, I still prefer the guys who are going to catch passes. It still gives them a higher weekly floor. Yeah, I mean, you always want to chase volume, but touchdowns come a little bit more into play here uh, versus reception scoring. It also seems like pricing tends to be tighter on DraftKings. Uh, It seems like it's harder to build a lineup that I like by the end on DraftKings than it is on FanDuel. Of course, like doesn't necessarily mean it's a successful lineup. I agree with that normally, although, and I've only spent, uh, you know, about an hour so far building lineups but but so far it seems like i like my lineups better on DraftKings and fanduel this week well yeah and, and certainly lots will change once we get the past week one and we start having actual results to base these salaries on sure another regular feature of our dfs podcast is our staff competitions we mention players throughout the show you can find kevin's article for playing on fanduel on draftsharks.com every week he'll have his top picks Jared and I, though, will be squaring off every week in our Shark Duel. It was Jared who won the three-way battle last year with Kevin involved. Kevin has decided to bow out this year. Obviously, he is scared of my <laughs> revenge tour that is coming and is going to rip funds away from the Smola World travel budget. <laughs> I think we're going to get him back in here. We're going <laughs> we'll to work, work on him. I'm just going to keep talking trash on here until he's forced to jump back in. <laughs> Until then, Jared and I will be showing our weekly lineups every Saturday morning in the free posts for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. So check that out to see who we're actually playing against each other with money on the line. And if you're a DS Insider, you will also have access to the lineup builder tool that I referenced earlier. It's on DraftSharks.com. It uses our weekly projections, ceiling and floor projections, player salaries from FanDuel or DraftKings, wherever you're playing to help you build optimal lineups. So check that out. Try to help you win some money this weekend. For now, let's get to week one's FanDuel picks. And Jared, I'm going to let you start with a cash quarterback. And I'm going to go with Carson Wentz here again, like we did on DraftKings. I think Wentz is less obvious of a cash play on FanDuel. He's the seventh you know, highest priced quarterback on FanDuel versus the 13th on DraftKings. But I still think he's the top value um, 7,600, easy enough to fit into your lineup. Eagles have the highest implied total on the main slate, 27 and a half points. Wentz has done well against Washington, too. Um, his last three meetings, he's gone over 300 yards with two touchdowns in two of the three. And then the third, he threw four touchdowns. 
Yeah, as I said on the other show, top 10 quarterback finishes each of his past three meetings with Washington over the past two years. His price is nice on FanDuel. It's ridiculous on DraftKings this week. So I agree with you. The top four for me here, the top four in our FanDuel dollars per point, if you look at our rankings page, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford at 6,600, Jameis Winston 7,500, Carson Wentz 7,600, Dak Prescott 7,500. I think all those guys are in play here. I think they all make sense, uh, especially yeah. on the cash side. Winston is likely to be the highest owned, but he's the only quarterback at 10% on fan share projections right now. So even he is just barely over 10%. For me, that means all four of them are in play. Yeah, I mean, so you, you have you have Wentz, Winston, and Dak all priced within, within 100 bucks. I prefer Wentz out of those three, so that's where I'm going. If you do want to save money, though, I do think Matt Stafford is in play for cash games at $1,000 less. Yes, I agree. And I, I think this same group is also... Where I'm starting my view in tournament plays and GPP, whatever you want to call it, because there's plenty of upside to all four of the guys. As I mentioned, the ownership projections are not too high for any of the players, and all four of them, I think, present multiple stacking options. So I don't think you have to worry about a particular pass catcher being too highly owned. Chris Godwin, who we'll get to in a minute, is going to be too highly owned for me in a tournament. So I wouldn't stack Winston with him, but everybody has multiple options on that front. Yeah, it seems like Mike Evans is the direction to go if you're using Winston. I think Evans is going to come in lower than Chris Godwin. Probably, you know, has has just as much upside, maybe more. Um, but yeah, Matt Stafford's my favorite tournament play. Um, you know, projected just five percent ownership at that cheap price. I, I like the upside here against the Cardinals, who are going to increase the pace, means more volume for Matt Stafford. Cardinals missing their top two cornerbacks and Patrick Peterson and Robert Alford. So I, I expect Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones to both have nice days here. Yeah, I'm leaning toward Wentz as my top pick because I think they're probably the best bet to score a ton of points this week. But yeah. I, I can advocate for all those guys. And if I'm making a bunch of tournament lineups, I'm probably not using the same quarterback in every one. The only concern with Wentz is just, you know, who do you stack him with? I guess I guess you just make, you know, a few Wentz lineups and sort of mix it up. Oh, you stack him with somebody that we'll get to in a few minutes would be the, the primary option. Over running back, Cash, uh, the main slate has Todd Gurley, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Carrion Johnson, Chris Carson, Mark Ingram, Austin Eckler, all under 8000 bucks. So there are a lot of options here. Yeah, and I mean, and you didn't even mention Saquon Barkley and, and Christian McCaffrey, who I think are always in play. But yeah, there, there's definitely more cheaper running backs in play this week. So I think you don't have to go up to those studs in cash. I like Chris Carson at 6600 bucks. You know, probably even more here on FanDuel than on DraftKings with the half point per reception here. Carson... His Seahawks, big home favorites, big implied total, 27 points. Bengals were 26th in Football Outsiders run defense rankings last year. They allowed 4.95 yards per carry to running backs. Yeah, it's tough not to like Chris Carson, 6,600, and Austin Eckler at 6,400. I mean, they're both strong bets to lead heavily favored offenses in carries and total touches this week. Mm-hmm. both under $7,000. It leaves lots of spending room for other positions. And, you know, I meant, as we mentioned, there are plenty of other guys in an affordable range at running back. So it's not going to be too hard to fit in three running backs that we really like with high ceilings. Yep, exactly. On the tournament side, Carson, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook are all projected for 20 plus percent ownership according to Fanshare. So I think that does affect my outlook for those guys. I'm not going to cast them aside by any means but it's going to alter my view for them a little bit for tournament lineups what about you 
Yeah, I would say for a tournament lineup, choose one of those guys and, and use them and be okay. But you know, don't use definitely don't use all three. And I probably would even try to avoid using you know two of those three in the same tournament lineup. I agree with that. Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, the only other guys at fifteen plus percent. So again, that would be mm-hmm. that would be the group of guys where I would consider the ownership projection as I'm making my decision. Who you got for your favorite tournament uh, running back? I like Mark Ingram, who is the same exact price as Chris Carson at 6600 bucks, which should help keep his ownership down. I just like the Ravens running game in this spot. They're, you know, six and a half point favorites against Miami. I think they should control the game on the ground. I think you could get, you know, 40 rushing attempts out of the Ravens as a team. And Ingram could get 20 of those, you know, has a chance to score multiple touchdowns. I like the upside. And again, Ingram, another guy who I like more on FanDuel than DraftKings because, you know, he doesn't have a huge pass catching projection. So do you think he's going to be the hot hand in the Baltimore backfield, which they say they might follow this week? I hope so. And, and honestly, you know, that, that's why I would probably avoid Ingram in cash games because, you know, maybe they do give Justice Hill more work than we're expecting. And again, Ingram probably not going to do a ton of work in the passing game. Yeah, is in play, though, even there, I think, because he's like 6500 bucks on, on FanDuel this week. So I wouldn't be too scared of him. Yep. Another guy in a similar range, I like Tevin Coleman at 6,300 for tournament play. His Mm -hmm. ownership is not going to be high. Matt Breida is $900 cheaper. He's projected for higher ownership. So that's going to cap the ceiling, I think, on Tevin Coleman's ownership. There's a reason that the Niners paid Tevin Coleman with Matt Breida already around and with Jarek McKinnon still at that point seeming like it was possible he was going to be ready for the season. Tevin Coleman has displayed receiving ability. He has displayed big play ability. He has played under Kyle Shanahan before. He is playing for a team in a game with the second highest over-under on the main slate. So there should be enough points and enough offense in this Niners-Bucks game. But we also have a Niners offense that's got a shaky wide receiver outlook. We don't really know who's getting targets and how good any of them are going to be. And we also have a quarterback that still might be rusty. He's coming off last year's ACL tear. He barely played in the preseason. So, I mean, how do you help out a quarterback trying to work his way back in seems like some short throws to a big play running back would be a nice way to do that. I think there's attractive upside to Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I agree. I think that's obviously a game we want to target that, that Niners bucks game. I think most people are going to be using the passing games on both sides and I I don't want anything to do with the the bucks backfield, but I do think Tevin Coleman and Matt Breda make sense in tournaments. I agree. Before we're out of running back, Zeke Elliott, 9200 bucks, but he's pegged for sub-10% ownership right now. Are you mm-hmm. using him at all in a tournament lineup? Honestly not, and I wouldn't argue against it, but for me, there's just too many other running backs that I prefer. Yeah, I, I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do. I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to ignore him through the weekend, but I'm not yeah. sure if he's going to make it into a tournament lineup yet or not. I'd rather use Todd Gurley, who's 1500 less and, you know, probably has the same type of workload concerns, but, you know, he's cheaper and I think he's going to be pretty low owned too. I wouldn't even say he's close on workload concerns because every indication for the Rams lately has been that they're not worried about Todd Gurley. We'll see once the games are for real, but we've at least got nothing there to worry about from in terms of public reports on the Dallas side mm-hmm. we've at least got the report that they're planning on not playing Elliott as much as as uh, usual yep agreed uh wide receiver for cash who do you like I mean I don't want to go both podcasts without mentioning Tyler Lockett so I'm going with him here on FanDuel at 6800 bucks and I, I think he's just in for a big season in general as the Seahawks number one wide receiver should really dominate targets in the opener David Moore out DK Metcalf expected to play, but you know he had knee surgery like three weeks ago, so I don't think he's going to be a full go 
for this one. So I think Lockett is going to, you know, see 25 plus percent of the Seahawks targets in this game. And again, we, we like Seattle to put plenty of points on the board. Yeah, I'm ready for the true Tyler Lockett breakout season. I mean, oh, last year, statistically, he broke out, but this year it's not going to be the inflated TD rate. It's going to be because he's their true number one receiver. He kind of like on DraftKings, he's part of this range from which I'm going to take at least one guy and quite possibly two for cash, we've got Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks at seven thousand. We've got Kenny Galladay at sixty nine hundred, Chris Godwin at sixty nine hundred, Tyler Lockett at sixty eight hundred, Cooper Cup at sixty eight hundred. I mean, among those, like I said, I'm gonna have at least one in any cash game lineup, and quite possibly two because it's a an affordable range. Yep, I agree. That's that's the spot to attack, uh, especially in cash games. On the tournament side. Chris Godwin is the top-owned wide receiver in terms of ownership projection. He's going to be a fade for me. And also, Dede Westbrook, for me, is an easy fade this week. He's he's top three ownership projection on both DraftKings and FanDuel, according to FanShare. The price is good on him, so I get it, but... He's also got the Kendall Fuller matchup. That's the Chiefs' top corner, so it's not an easy matchup for him. He, he, he certainly could produce, but... When you combine the 20 plus percent projected own rate plus the the negative matchup, plus, you know, the fact that he's still uh, heading into his first real game with Nick Foles in an offense under a new coordinator. We don't have any idea if the Jaguars are going to be any good on offense yet. Yeah, the, the move for me on both sites in tournaments is to pivot off D.D. Westbrook and use Marvin Jones, who I think they're the same price on DraftKings and Jones is just 200 bucks more on FanDuel. Yeah. So is is that your tournament wide receiver pick? I like Jones in tournaments, but I have John Brown here at 5,500 bucks um, and just 6% projected ownership. Love the fit with Josh Allen. I mean, you know, I think Brown's going to have some some duds this year, but I think he's going to have some big games too. So I think he's a guy who you want to be considering in tournaments a lot of weeks. And he gets the Jets this week who their top cornerback, Tremaine Johnson, is returning from a hamstring injury. So, you know, if he's at all limited, you know, we could see John Brown get behind him for a big play. I'm going to single out somebody from the the group that I already mentioned. You know, I mentioned the Godwins uh, got high ownership, so I'm not using him. Uh, and other guys, though, don't climb above the low double digits in, in projected ownership. So I think the others are in play. I want to have one Rams wide receiver, though, in my mm-hmm. tournament lineup. And it's tough to say just one, and I don't know that I would put the same one in all tournament lineups. But I'm going to go with Cooper Cup first. All three are projected for less than 10% ownership. So that's not taking any of them out of consideration for me at all. All three are heading for good individual matchups against the Panthers. But what Cooper Cup has on the other two is that when he has been on the field for the Rams, he has dominated uh, Mm -hmm. red zone work. So if I'm betting on the upside of one of these guys, and they all have tremendous upside, but I would look to Cooper Cup first for that reason. Yep, that makes sense. As we said, I think, you know, touchdowns mean a bit more on FanDuel than they do on DraftKings with the half PPR here. Mm-hmm. Tight end, who are you going for in cash? Um, it's Evan Ingram for me. Um, I think it's closer between Ingram and like a top guy like Zach Ertz on FanDuel here because they're not separated by as much in salary. But, you know, I think Ingram, 6400 bucks. I, I think this week he's about as good of a target bet as Zach Ertz with Golden Tate out of the mix, you know, for, for the opener here. Um, and Ingram has done well against Dallas last year. Seven catches, 67 yards, one touchdown in the first meeting, five catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown in the second meeting. Yeah, I certainly agree with Ingram if he fits in financially. I usually like to start by trying to get a tight end in the 5,000 range. 
And this week, that would be Kyle Rudolph at 5,100 or Austin Hooper at 5,500. I'll see how much money is left from there. Rudolph, his team has a high implied point total this week. They are home favorites, so they should be fine scoring. And his red zone role was right in line with Minnesota's wide receivers last year. Rudolph just had some bad touchdown luck compared with his previous season. So I think he's in for more touchdowns this year. I think this is a good spot for one of those to occur. And for Hooper, Vikings are 30th in football outsiders tight end coverage ratings last year. And I mentioned on, I think, multiple podcasts this season, I think Austin Hooper is in for at least some positive touchdown regression and quite possibly a large jump considering the history of dirt cutter tight ends. Yep. Um, with Yvonne Hooper, especially, I have him as my top tournament target. You know, I think the Vikings have a strong trio of cornerbacks. So we'll, we'll see what is going on with Julio Jones. Still expect him to play, but keep an eye on that. But I, but I think either way, this could be a game where a bit more of the passing game work than usual goes in Hooper's direction. Yeah, I can see that. On the tourney side for me, Hunter Henry at 6,100 is in play. I think he's a little too expensive for my cash lineup, but uh, I'll play him on the tourney side because I think there's – Big touchdown upside there. Zach Ertz, though, at 7,100. Whether I use Carson Wentz or not, I would like to try to get to Zach Ertz. I honestly don't understand why he's not at 10-plus percent projected ownership on either FanDuel or DraftKings. I'm guessing it's at least in part the irrational excitement over Dallas Goddard. But even if you're (laughs) excited about Goddard, the guy missed almost all of the preseason with a calf injury. He's coming back from that. He'll be playing in this game. but it's impossible to expect Dallas Goddard to be at full capacity here uh, working with Carson Wentz. And Zach Ertz, by the way, the last time he faced Washington, he only caught three balls for 15 yards against them in week 17 last year. The previous four meetings before that, nine for 83, eight for 93, five for 89 and a touchdown, 10 for 112. So get some Zach Ertz this week. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. I think it, people are just more excited about George Kittle. I think in general, and you know, I think this week, the matchup just on paper, I think looks better for Kittle. I guess that's it, but I'll, I'll take it when I'm setting my Zach Ertz lineups. Me too. So what are you doing at Flex? We already kind of alluded to it. Yeah, it's a uh, running back in the Flex for me this week. I think there's a ton of good values. You know, we talked about Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette. And again, I think, you know, you, you can still use someone like Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley up top. Yeah. And let me break into this right now, though, to say that the Raiders have said they will not suspend Antonio Brown. I just saw that tweeted as news. So in case you haven't heard, by the time you're listening to this show, Antonio Brown is going to play this week. Not on the slate for DFS, but, you know, a significant guy for fantasy in general. Well, add him back to the rankings. It's all the A-B stuff's annoying me. (laughs) It is. It's really annoying. I wish that he would just – he can have all the antics he wants as long as they're not affecting his availability in fantasy because that's all we care (laughs) about projections. Yep. So yeah, uh, upside running back in the 6,000 range, 7,000 if I have the money left, but we want to get three running backs into the lineups on FanDuel especially. Yep. On defense, Chargers at $4,000 are my starting point. I'm interested in the Seahawks at 45, Eagles at 46. Only the Ravens are projected for 10% ownership right now, so I think all defenses are in play for consideration. Yep, those are my two. Um, it'll either be the Chargers, Seahawks, or Eagles for me in cash games. I think the Ravens probably make sense in tournaments just because you know that price tag I think is going to keep their, the ownership down. Yeah, I, I think I'm staying down from that unless I just get to the end of setting my lineup and I have you know yeah. $400 that's not going anywhere else. Yep, that's fair. 
That's going to do it for this Week 1 FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to check out our full Week 1 rankings, complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections. Read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. And try your hand at the Lineup Builder tool to win yourself some DFS cash. Come Saturday morning, Jared and I will have our Shark Duel lineups posted on the site with this podcast to so check those out. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smol and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaufs, and thanks so much for swimming with us. 